Hello everyone, welcome to another CL Talks and I am so excited. Oh man, I got pumped last time because we were talking about radical discipleship and what it means to be a radical disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what is needed in this day and time. We don't need a silent majority. We need a vocal majority. We need people allowing the line of Judah on the inside of them roaring at this day and time. And basically is this, it's just us sharing our testimony. It is us uh, sharing the word of God with people. There's so many confused and hurting and hopeless people and they need the light in the middle of this darkness, this gross darkness, this perverse generation. Matter of fact, uh, as we talk today, we want to speak about community and how important it is for us to be in relationship with one another. Uh, that was what was so vitally important and what was such a strong foundation in the early church where they could sustain just about anything that came, all the persecutions, uh, I mean, being arrested, thrown in prison. Uh, many of them had been killed. I mean, they were going through just an incredible amount of difficulty and adversity. But at the same time, they never ran away. They, they, in, they, they, they did disperse. But when I said run away, they didn't run away from their faith. They didn't run away from Jesus. No matter where they went, what they did, they were constantly spreading the good news of the gospel. And, and sometimes I almost think that we've become uh, a consumer uh, culture in the church where we just come in and consume for ourselves, but we are sometimes forgetting that there, there's a harvest field out there. Uh, there are people that you come in contact with on a daily basis that need to know the Word of God. Let me read this to you in Acts, the second chapter, verse 40. And it says this, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, uh, Be saved from this perverse generation. And we're talking about Peter who uh, gave his discourse uh, by being led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, remember, he was the one that denied Jesus, but now he's not denying. He's full of the Holy Spirit now. Yep. And man, he is standing up and he is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's not ashamed of it in any way, shape, or form. He's not even afraid of what somebody may do to him. He's just going to, to preach the gospel. And you know what? God, uh, God literally protected him uh, during this time. But what happened was because of his boldness, is so many people got saved. I mean, my gracious, thousands of people got saved at that time. So it says, Then those who gladly received His word were baptized, and that day there were about 3,000 souls that were added to them. And now watch, now here's the key. Listen to me very carefully. This is what we're going to discuss today. Here's the key for us to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might, to be strong in these days of adversity and chaos violence and the difficulties and the circumstances that we're seeing, this is how you and I walk through all of this. We walk through together. What did they do for them to be able to still be a witness and be a light in the middle of all their persecution? Listen to this. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That means in the word of God 
and fellowship, so vitally important, and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. So today, it's important that we understand that this was given to them by the Holy Spirit of the living God, put it in their heart for them to do. If we do the same thing in every local church, we do the same thing whether you're coming to church or where you're live streaming. These uh, particular items, these ingredients that were so uh, prevalent in the church at that time is so vitally important for us. So Pastor David, this is how that Jesus not only formed them with the word that he was teaching them, experience they had, but then when Jesus went back to heaven, he made sure that they developed community and relationship. Exactly. As we were talking about before, Jesus knew what was coming. The disciples, they didn't know this was coming. They didn't know Acts 2 was was coming. So as as we back up and we think about this and we look about what the scriptures teach us, we see that Jesus was teaching them not only to be in relationship with him, first and foremost, but he was teaching them to be in relationship with each other. We have to back up and and look at what was the mindset of the disciples. They thought Jesus was going to come in and take the seat of David, the throne Mm -hmm. of David, and was going to throw off the Roman oppressors. Well, that wasn't the plan Mm -hmm. at that time, right? So Jesus knew what was coming, and so he was binding them together in community, so when he was crucified and resurrected, that they wouldn't fall apart. Now, most of them did for a day or two, but then they came back together and he appeared to them and he began to you know, teach them and explain the things that he had been teaching them that they didn't understand, that the, the physical kingdom that they wanted as far as him being there as a ruler was not for that time. There was a spiritual kingdom that was, they still had great power that they were to take into the world. So Jesus was telling them and showing them and, and exampling how to be a community together. So he was, what he was really doing was establishing the foundation of the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All, all the time of his discipleship, through teaching them the word, giving them experience, and binding them together in community with him and mm-hmm. with each other, he was forming the foundation of what would become the church, as Pastor was just reading there in the book of Acts, when that actually happened. So he was teaching them how to walk both in unity and how to walk with diversity. Because the Bible tells us that um, we know, okay, so we know that there were men and there were women. Mm-hmm. There were Jews and there were Gentiles. There were some who were slaves and there were some who were free. But after they became the church, after the resurrection, the Bible specifically tells us now there's no more men or women. We know there's men and there's women. He says, there's, there's no more Jews nor Greeks. Well, we know there were still Jews and Greeks. He says, there's no more slaves and no more free. Well, we know that happened. So what was he telling him? He was telling them now that your status has been changed. Mm-hmm. All of those statuses that were, once, uh, that were once looked down upon have now been elevated. And now in God's eyes in the church, there's equality. There's unity. And so Jesus by bringing them into relationship with him and bringing them into relationship with each other, he was showing them the strength of unity and that diversity exists within unity. Matter of fact, that's one of the strengths of unity is the diversity that goes on in the midst of it. It's not unity for the sake of diversity, 
but it's unity based on the relationship with Jesus. It's unity in diversity. In Jesus Christ. Yes, yes. in Jesus Christ, but it's also in, in diversity. And, and, and one thing, uh, Pastor Tasha, that stood out to me uh, in the book of Acts, uh, the Bible says that they gained favor with people. They were growing. It was incredible what was happening. They, were, uh, they had come through persecution uh, when they healed the man, yeah. uh, you know, they were being persecuted uh, for that, uh, even trying to, you know, put them in jail. And so it, w- it was crazy what was going on. What I realized was when they came out of that time that they were persecuted and put in jail, and they came out, the Bible says that they went back together to pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't run from this. They ran to God. They came to pray, and what did they pray? They prayed that that God would give them boldness Mm -hmm. and that he would stretch forth his hand and continue. And and that's what they got persecuted for was the sign, wonders, and miracles. Continue (laughs) that God would continue through them to do signs, wonders, and miracles. But here's the point I want to make. Right after that, the devil realizes... Mm -hmm. I can't defeat these people from outward persecutions and circumstances. Mm-hmm. So what does he do? He tries to bring arguments mm-hmm. inside the church. Mm-hmm. He tries to come in and get them to divide themselves mm-hmm. over who was getting what as yeah. far as the feeding was concerning. Mm-hmm. So, so what the devil does is if he can't defeat you on the outside, he's going to try to bring division on the inside. Yeah. That's the reason the Bible says don't be a double-minded man. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, but he tries to bring division in marriages. He tries to bring division mm-hmm. in every area that he can because he understands mm-hmm. that Jesus said, a house divided cannot stand. Absolutely, absolutely. I, it makes me think, you know, as Pastor David was when he was talking about like relationship, and I think so many people are afraid when they come into a church because they it's scary for to do relationship because you're thinking, well, I'm going to lose myself, I'm going to lose my individuality, I'm going to lose what makes me unique. But that wasn't at all what Jesus was after. He was bringing them together because the uniqueness of who they were was going to minister to all of the different people that they were going to encounter, you know. And so, you know, as you were saying, you know, the in-between, you know, when he came, tried to come in between them, you know, men can do this, but women can't do this, or Greeks can do this, but, you know, Jews can't do this. You know, all of the separation, if he could divide them from the inside, mm-hmm. then they won't be effective. Then the further, you know, the mission of the cross, it, w- it would have stopped. But they kept going and they kept coming together. And even when the enemy would come, they'd come back together because that's where, you know, the unity brought that, that furthering of that mission as they were constantly focusing on, okay, what is our mission? What are we here for? That was the importance. Our individuality isn't lost in relationship, but rather it's, it's brought together as, you know, God places each of the members where he sees fit, you know, the finger, the pinky doesn't look at the toe and be like, you're pointless. We work together. We right. need to work together. And right. so, and that's where, uh, pastor David, that, that I know we look at our nation today, uh, the things that are going on, um, and the the enemy is not dumb. And he has seen the church in America has been growing uh, for quite some time. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, we, we have larger mm-hmm. churches now than we've ever had before, mm-hmm. and that means that the, the larger the churches that you have, and, and I'm not saying anything concerning smaller churches because everybody, there's different size. God calls people to different places. There's the yep. one talent, the two talents, and the five talents. Mm-hmm. And so, so, when, so, so when, when, the enemy, when the enemy sees, because, because the more that we grow, then the more we can support local missions, we can support and do things for the kingdom of God, that is his scariest nightmare, Mm -hmm. is that when we come together in unity and start doing things. So what does he do? He tries to pit us against one another. Yep. He tried like racism. Yep. It has everything to do with our color. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It has everything to do with somebody thinking that I'm better than this person. No, mm-hmm. you're not because we're all creating the image of God. Yeah. And your image of you're creating the image of God, and you, your creation of being in the image of God is not greater than mine, and right. mine is not greater than yours. Right. Okay, we're all creating the image of God. We are one with Jesus, but the only way that the devil can stop us is that he's got, he must bring division. He must point out what you said, Pastor Tasha. He must point out our uniqueness, uh, that you're not like this one, you're not like Mm -hmm. that one type of thing. He's trying to get us into a place where we are now focusing on the flesh Mm -hmm. more than we are on the spirit. Mm -hmm. He's getting us to focus more on fighting one another. Mm -hmm. And and he does that through politics. He does it through anything that we can to get our focus off of what we were called to do. That is to make cycles. Mm -hmm. And and we have, you know, in, in the Western culture, we have really actually helped him in the way that we have looked at Christianity as so individualized, Mm -hmm. that it's all about me. Like you said, consumerism. It's all about me. It's what do I need? What do I get? What what can I take away from this? What what do I come to this church to get out of? Mm -hmm. And you don't see that in the early early church and the disciples. Mm -hmm. It was unity. It was community. Matter of fact, you know, um, I think it was Billy Graham that said, at at the foot of the cross, the ground is level. The ground Mm -hmm. is all level at the foot of the cross that everyone is equal right. in God's eyes. And we have to see each other in that equality in uniqueness. Mm-hmm. We're all, the three of us sitting here are all very unique individuals. We're very different, <laughs> but we're one yeah. in God, in the Holy Spirit. And we're, we're a community that works together. And I think we, the, we've given uh, the enemy some ground in that, that we allow that to take place and we want to continue to hold on to some of those perspectives um, that 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 aren't kingdom oriented, that aren't community oriented. Um, but you don't see that. What you see uh, in the Book of Acts, you see them making such a clash with the culture. Mm-hmm. That's good. You see Girl, it totally. Yeah. It's it's really it's it's kingdoms clashing against kingdoms. So what, in what the you're Book saying? You're, what you're saying is. They were not a subculture. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. They were yes. a counterculture. They were counterculture. Mm-hmm. A subculture exactly. is, to, to put it really simply, a, a subculture is a smaller group of people that exist within the larger culture, but they don't direct and they don't really impact or lead the culture as a whole. They get together. They uh, Maybe they, they're from a, a similar background. Maybe they speak a, a specific language. Maybe there's specific foods that they like, and, and, and when they gather together, 
they enjoy those specific things, but then when they disperse, they go back into the larger culture. They're just a subpart of the culture uh, as a whole. They don't really impact or influence that culture. That is not the church. That is not who no. we are uh-huh. called to be. We are <clears throat> counterculture. We are actually, if you look at, you know, in the book of Acts, they were up in the face of the culture saying, you're wrong. This is not the way. We don't serve your king. Our king is named Jesus. That's yeah. why mm-hmm. you see you see two things in Acts 17. You see a riot in Thessalonica where Paul comes in to preach the gospel, to preach the new covenant, what we call the new covenant reality in Jesus Christ. And it goes absolutely against what the culture says is right. And it turns, they, they make that statement. These men who have turned the world, world upside down have come here. How many, how many of us today could they say of us in our culture, mm-hmm. they are turning the world upside down? That's a blessing. You know, that's a right. compliment. Right. That should be a compliment. It Light darkness. <laughs> it shouldn't be us saying, how can we be like the culture to bring the culture in right. the church? Exactly. It should be us in the face of the mm-hmm. culture saying, no, you are wrong. But part of it, Pastor, and you've talked about this before, it's not just saying what we're against. It's mm-hmm. saying what we're, we're for. for. Right. We're for Jesus. We're for mm-hmm. truth. We're for justice. We're mm-hmm. for all of these things. We're for sanctity of life. We're for holiness of living mm-hmm. and, and righteousness of living. Yes. But we have to be able to communicate that to the culture in, in a way that they understand. What did the culture say about some of the other ones? They said, hey, these guys, they're not trained in this stuff. They're not smart. They're not rabbis. They're not teachers. The only explanation we can give you, they've been with Jesus. They're not yeah. religious. They're not religious. The only <laughs> thing we can say is these guys have been with Jesus. Been in relationship. They've been in relationship with Jesus. And and that and that's what set them apart. Exactly. Because what what you said and what the religious system said is that they recognized. Yep that they had been with Jesus. Now, how did they recognize they had been with Jesus? Because they saw them doing the works of Jesus. Mm-hmm. They, and they saw them loving one another. What was Jesus' prayer, Pastor Tasha? Jesus prayed before he went to the cross. And, and we have that prayer, praise God, in the Word of God. And he prayed and he said, Father, I pray that they will be one yeah. even yes. as you and I are one. You and me and I and them, you and them to be one. That's the reason the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that one of the seven things that God hates. Yes, there are things yes. God, yeah. that God hates. Mm-hmm. And, and in, Proverbs, in Proverbs, it says this. One of the seven things that God hates is he who sows discord mm-hmm. yeah. among the brethren. Mm-hmm. Because the one thing that if you want to really see God get upset is anybody who tries to destroy what he has put together. That's what he even said when when Adam and Eve got married. Whom God has put, let nobody come in and separate this. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with the body of Christ. That's the reason that in our relationships, yes, we're going to have issues. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, mean, what marriage does not have issues? (laughs) I mean, we're not perfect. Uh, We're we're learning one another. When you come into a church, you're not going to find a perfect church. But yet at the same time, it's all of us individually, uniquely Mm -hmm. finding the, the place that we can get involved in doing things, working together, helping one another, building one another up, edifying one another, 
Uh, that's what they did in, in, in the Word of God and loving one another yeah. that they may know your love, the same love that I have. Unity keeps us strong. And yeah. the devil knows that the only way that he can defeat us in this nation is to divide us. Yeah. Absolutely. Because when we're divided, we won't we won't think with our hearts connected. We won't right. think with the Father's heart and mind. Um, when we do relationship without knowing that we have to do it through that love of the Father, we'll miss it. We'll completely miss it. And I think that that's why we see so many who say, I won't go back to church because they haven't encountered that love. They don't even know what that looks like. But when we make it our responsibility and we accept it and we live every day, Lord, let me be your hands and feet. Let me be your heart to the world around me. That will draw people. We don't have to become a self-culture to do that. We will literally walk that out and people will see it. They'll see that we're different. They'll acknowledge it just like they did then. These people are turning the world upside down. They will right. be like, you are loving us too much. They right. won't know what to do. But at the same time, it will draw them because they'll know there's something different that's there in that unity that I don't have. You know, the, the, the religious system thought that when they crucified Jesus, they got rid of him yeah. and he died. Yeah. And now what they just said and what you said a while ago, they recognized these men had been with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's multiplied himself. Yes. Yes. Oh, no. These people are acting and doing mm-hmm. the same works that, yep. that he did. And, and Pastor David, what you said, a, a subculture takes on the characteristics of the culture so it can look like the culture, act like the culture, be like the culture. So therefore, if we take on the characteristics of Jesus... Like we mm-hmm. like like last week when we talked about the image of God mm-hmm. being being conformed into His image. Mm-hmm. So if we take on the image of Christ and we spend time with Him, fellowship mm-hmm. with Him, spend time in the Word, spend time together, coming to church. And I know today is different; our methods are different. But even even if you're watching uh, us or you're still sheltered in at home. You can still have community right there in your home. Absolutely. There may be, I know people right now in our church that are inviting neighbors to come over. Mm-hmm. And because of the craziness in the world, the neighbors are coming over yeah. to watch CL Talks or to watch mm-hmm. Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so we can still reach out. We can still do things. But we must stay in relationship with one another. Uh, if the devil can isolate us to a point that we're not having relationship at all, that means that actually, even though I'm strong in the Lord, there is a strength that comes with being unified yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. because there's, there is strength in numbers. Yeah. Absolutely. And sometimes people look at um, people that um, are pastors or people that get up in front of congregations and they think, well, they're doing this. They're, they're by themselves. They're just doing their Christian walk. They don't see the community that mm-hmm. we have behind the scenes. They don't see where all that is coming mm-hmm. from. Right, like, um, like, or they say this this person is prophetic, and they get up and they're just they're just speaking this of themselves or whatever. Well, they don't see the community that they have that's mm-hmm. behind the scenes that's speaking into their life, mm-hmm. that's saying, "Hey, this was this was right on," or "Hey, this was a little bit off." You need to go back in your prayer closet because there is community there, and God uses that. And a lot of times we don't see that. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't see what's happening out out you know visually, but. It's there, and it's mm-hmm. it's happening behind the scenes, and it's important. This is what was happening, you know, in the in the disciples' life. Otherwise, on the day of Pentecost in Acts two, when you were talking about 
they, the whole thing would have fallen apart because they had 3,000 <laughs> new members come in that day. In one day, 3,000 new church members showed up. And what we have to understand is what happened here was that many of these people were, most of them were Jews, you know, on the day of Pentecost were there uh, in, uh, for the celebration of Pentecost. And when they decided, hey, Jesus is my, disciple, is my Messiah, they were cut off from their families. A lot of them couldn't go home to wherever they were from. Excommunicated. They were from all over. The Bible tells us in Acts 2, all the regions from all over, goes through a whole list of where they were from. And many of them couldn't go home. So they had no homes. They had no income. And so they had to bind together in unity. And they really had to experience what Jesus was trying to teach them in the very beginning. This is what community looks like. Because again, as we go back to what we were saying last week, Jesus knew what was coming. Jesus knew this is what you've got to be ready for. They were thinking it was something else, but Jesus was showing them this is what community looks like. And he taught them for three and a half years. Now, whether they got it all in that three and a half years <laughs> is debatable, <laughs> whether they understood it all, but they were, they were together. And 11 out of the 12 made it through, right? So, Right. And, and, and like you said, which I, I, I love that, is that uh, because they were in community, and because they had developed community and developed relationship based upon, very important, based upon, it says right at, right at first in Acts the second chapter, which I read, based upon the teaching of God's word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They centered themselves around that. Mm-hmm. And then they, they because that was, that was their number one focus yeah. was to receive the teaching of God's word Mm-hmm. And out of that, they would share with one another. Uh, they were in, in, in unity together. But, uh, but like you just said, uh, that unity uh, caused them to be able to, when 3,000 people got saved, they were able to bring them into the community. I wonder how many churches today, if 3,000 yeah. people got <laughs> saved in one day, would, would, would be able to bring wow. them in. Yeah. And, 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 here's, and here's the key, and you, you hit on this. It was not only that the apostles were discipling them, they were discipling one, one another. another. Mm-hmm. They were sharing with one another, helping with one another, going to one another's houses. Mm-hmm. That, that is how they formed an incredible foundation. But, but because, uh, Pastor Toshin, right here in our notes, uh, this type of discipleship training would then, then lead them to receive direct revelation from their Heavenly Father, for themselves absolutely it it you know when i think of that i think of like true community like it it develop it breeds that safe place for that to happen you know i think of you know with my own friends you know as we come together the uniqueness that we bring but but all of the things that God's poured into each of us, that exchange that takes place, the revelation that comes as, as you're exchanging thoughts, as you're going deep, even as you're walking through really difficult things and you're sharing the word because it's the basis of your relationship, right. that's always the filter through everything that's processed. It's through, well, what does the word say? What does the word say? And you're able to receive the revelation, even things maybe that you've been praying for and you haven't got an answer yet. That friend in that community, because they also spend time with the Father, because they're also in unity, it's right there waiting. You know, that revelation is ready to be received automatically. I think we've talked about this before too, is that um, in in our leadership team, we've talked about this, that 
Um, you have to get to the point in community where you want to hear someone else's perspective. Mm-hmm. And we realize that, that God views us all as equals, but he also views us uniquely. Mm-hmm. And so we all have unique stories. We all have unique backgrounds. There's different cultures that we come from. And we, we want to say, hey, I want to hear your perspective because it's valuable. It's mm-hmm. not just, I've got the whole revelation. You yeah. know, the, the Bible says we see through a glass dimly. We get part mm-hmm. of, of the, the truth of, you know, this community. But we want to hear the perspective that you have because mm-hmm. it's going to add to that total picture. Always remembering that those things still are that part of the uniqueness, but the kingdom comes first. That the unity of the of the unity of the community comes first. The kingdom comes first. The yeah. truth of the word of God, which is built on the cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ, that comes first. So I measure everything else, no matter what culture I come out of, mm-hmm. what my perspective is on whatever, I have to measure that based on what the truth of the word of God says and what is more important. It goes back, it goes back to saying we, we say a lot, a lot of times when we're teaching students, when you come up to somebody who has a different perspective, to you, and, and it may lead into a discussion or an argument, which is more important, maintaining the relationship or being right, mm-hmm. which is more important. And that's what we have to remember today in, to keep unity. It's not, it's not always that I have to be right, but I want to maintain this relationship. I want to maintain this unity. And we can talk about these things that we have other perspectives on, but the most important thing is let's line it up to the truth yeah. of the Word of God because that's what all of this is built upon. And that's the only thing that's going to stand. And that's the only thing that God can work through yeah. is truth. Mm-hmm. And that's what our community is built on. And that's what builds unity. And that's what we see in the book of Acts. And we see, and I think, you know, what, what you were also talking about, like this example with Peter from Matthew, the 16th chapter, when they were in Caesarea Philippi, and they're coming through there and... Um, Actually, Jesus had just come from the Mount of Transfiguration. And so only Peter, James, and John were up on the mountain with him seeing what what happened. And so he comes down. And actually, if you look at this story, you find out that this is really Jesus calling the enemy out because he's, he's proclaiming himself as Messiah through the mouth of Peter. And so he's saying they came into the region of Caesarea Philippi. This is Matthew 16, 13. He came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they answered, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? So he was asking them, What are they hearing in the towns and the the cities? What are people saying? And so the disciples are reporting, This is what other people are saying. But Jesus now wants to know, what do you say? Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mm-hmm. mouth is going to mm-hmm. speak. Yep. So it's not, Jesus wasn't just saying, what do you think? Mm-hmm. What do you believe? But what do you say? And this is where I love Peter. He jumps up and he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, you know, you're blessed, uh, Simon Barjona, Peter, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. So he said, Jesus tells Peter, this is a direct revelation from my father in heaven. It's not because of what somebody else around you said. It's a direct revelation. Well, how did Peter get there? He got there by being discipled by Jesus. Because like we said in the very beginning of tonight, that um, Jesus was not just 
teaching them or just giving them a fish. He was teaching them how to fish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He wasn't just doing everything for them. He was discipling them. And so now they've got to this point before Jesus goes away. This is kind of like, this is actually about a week before the crucifixion. Mm -hmm. And so now he's, he's got them to the point where the leader, the primary leader of what's going to be the new church is declaring by revelation of the Father, you are the Messiah. You are, so now he knows he's taught them how to hear from God for themselves. And this is the basis of this community. And really, so you look at this, everyone who comes into the community makes that same revelation, gets the revelation from the Father. Jesus is the Son of God, and that's what leads them into salvation and leads them into this community, what we're talking about. Yeah, and, and that, also, that, that also says that they developed and understood a love for truth. And Jesus said, I am the way, truth, truth, and the life. life. So therefore, when you develop a love for truth, Mm -hmm. you're also developing your love for Jesus. If you develop your love for Jesus, you're going to develop a love for truth. And and so their, their preference, let me put it like this. Their unity... Uh, came so much from their spiritual pres- preference, not their political preference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So if my preference is spiritual, then it's going to now affect what I believe in any other realm or any other organization, uh, political, education, marketplace, right. If I have a love for truth and I renew my mind in truth, then I am going to be able to discern what will divide Mm -hmm. and what will bring unity. Love will always unify. Okay? But what you said a while ago uh, in that is a person, do you you want to develop relationship or do you want to be right? Correct. Mm -hmm. Well, a person who wants just to be right is a person full of pride, you know, and pride will always divide. Pride will always pull people to its side, Mm -hmm. you know, and point out the differences or the weaknesses of others Mm -hmm. uh, to build themselves up, to put others down. And, and so, so, so the, the unity that, uh, that, that was here concerning the unity of the love of truth was so vitally important because if I love truth, then I'm going to love my brothers yeah. as Jesus loved. Right. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm going to continue to do everything I can to, like Ephesians, the fourth chapter tells us, do everything when it comes to you, do everything to preserve the mm-hmm. unity, uh, Pastor Tasha, of the Spirit. Absolutely. We are not to make unity, unity's already been made. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it's right. already been established Absolutely. by Jesus, and now the Holy Spirit is here to keep that unity. Mm-hmm. So it's not that we're trying to make unity, but the Bible gives us a command that we must preserve yeah. the unity Absolutely. of the faith. Yeah. Absolutely, and that goes like right along with you know when we're thinking about how we're dealing with neighbors or how we're even posting on social media. Mm-hmm. You know those times that you pull it up and something stirs you, you stop and you wait with the truth. Like if I'm going to say this, if this isn't going to speak truth and life and love over someone, 
then I need to surrender and, that. And, and is it going to bring unity or division? Exactly. We, we have to be willing to put that aside and go, no, that is dividing, so I'm not going to operate in that spirit. I'm going to operate according to the spirit of the Lord, which is always to unite people. It's always to draw people toward him. And, yeah. and, and, and one other thing, too, while, while we're on that subject, let's just take a little rabbit trail. So, <laughs> so, so the, the, a lot of times what happens is when I look at my preferences, they can, at that point, depending on what my preference is, ask, is this going to unify? Is it out of love? Or is it going to divide? Right. And mm-hmm. is it prejudiced? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, what, how, how am I going to address this, how am I going to, as a born-again believer, and and again, uh, is this going to alienate somebody from me because of what I'm believing in an earthly system? Yeah, Mm -hmm. there you go. Yep. There you go. It it goes, you know, it goes back to what kingdom are you really of? Come on. What culture are you really of? If you're of the culture of this world, the Bible says you're actually at enmity against God mm-hmm. if that's where your basis for everything is yeah. because we're kingdom people first. Yep. And so that's what we have to make our decisions first on is what the kingdom says, what's the kingdom plan, what's the kingdom purpose in this. And I may be ticked off about what somebody's doing, <laughs> you know, but I'm a kingdom representative yep. and that's got to be first and foremost in my mind and in my heart as I deal with some with someone again. WWJD, what would Jesus do? I'm an ambassador of the Mm -hmm. kingdom of God, not of the culture of this world. I'm an ambassador of the kingdom of God. I am going to stand before the Lord one day and give an account for how well I was an ambassador of the kingdom of God, not for what I did in the culture of this world, not for what I had, for what I got, or what I attained in this world, but what I did for the kingdom of God. Absolutely. And so that's, that's what I hear you saying, knowing some of those situations and things that we, that we have to deal with. We have to go back and ask ourselves, okay, where's my priority going to be? Jesus mm-hmm. said that just as I am not of this world, you are not of this world. I'm an alien. I'm You're a, an alien. Yeah. Some of us are more alien and strangers and so, <laughs> pilgrims than others. You know, we're strangers than others. But, but, but th- this is not supposed to be our home. And I know that that we all want a good life. We want the American dream. We want those kinds of things. And it doesn't mean that's bad, but that's not where we place our value. That's not where we, that's not truth. That's not ultimately truth, right? Because only we know, we've already talked about this, the word of God is truth. This kingdom that the Lord is building here is the only kingdom that's going to remain. It's an unshakable unshakable kingdom unchangeable kingdom and Every, that's who we are called to be part everything of. else can be shaken yes because it, yes. anything that's not built on the foundation of truth it's not built on the foundation of love it's not built on the foundation of god's word that can change at any yes. moment at any time yes. and uh it can be shaken uh take on a whole different form uh, be redeveloped into something else, mm-hmm. but it's the kingdom of God that is never shaken. And yes. I've got to make my decision uh, based upon what does truth say. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if 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 my life is being shaken, I've got to say to myself, yes. what have I built my life exactly. on? Absolutely. Because exactly. the kingdom of God is unshakable. Yeah. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I don't experience the uh, the the uh, symptoms of fear, mm-hmm. of, of the symptoms of maybe I feel shaken a little bit. But if my foundation is in the kingdom of God, is in the word of God, 
all of a sudden, I'm going to pull myself yeah. back yep. up and I'm going to say, wait a minute, that is not who I am. That is not what the God's word says. That is not who God is. And God did not bring me this far just to dump me yeah. and let me fall off the cliff. Yeah. And, and, and he's the one that's causing the ground to come out from underneath me. Yeah. No, if the ground, if my, if my faith is in the son of the living God, it's in the word of God. If the ground comes out, guess what? Angels are going to bear me up in their hands. Yeah. They're going to take care of me and they're, they're, they're going to, to minister to me. So I can't build my life off of anything but the kingdom of God. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think of like even the most difficult times in my life, as you were saying, like it rises up because I've placed it in there because I've filled myself up daily with the word. Sometimes I've spent, there's times where I've spent weeks on the same scripture, sometimes even months, because I know that it needs to get down deep. So when that storm comes, I may feel it, but it's not going to wreck me. I'm not yeah. going to be shipwrecked somewhere. I know that the Father's here. I'm able to draw that right back up out of that well and even overflow into the lives of other people as they're watching you, as they're journeying with you, and they're getting a peek into what you're going through. They're able to see, oh, my goodness, they're still steadfast. How are they still possibly standing? You know, even right now with the coronavirus and everything else, you know, I've gone to, like, the post office and see them. They're weary, and they're tired, and they're fearful, and you're able to just encounter them with peace and with the love of God and everything that you filled up with, that they're there on the other side, the receiving end, just like, thank you. Okay, you, you need know? to say that one more time because that is radical, <laughs> radical that's right. discipleship. That's right. And that's where we're supposed to so be. Good. Say that yes. again. So good. When we're so filled up with the word everywhere that we go, people literally are in the receiving end of everything we filled up with. That when we go into places and they're on shaking ground, but we're coming in on that firm foundation, they're witnessing that. And they're on that receiving end to receive everything that you filled up with. It overflows into their life. You can't even keep it to yourself if you tried because it's just flowing and flowing and flowing everywhere that you go because you continue to fill up. You never stop. You know, that faucet never shuts off because it's always, it's who we are called to be. You know, it's what we've decided. This is the cost that I've counted that I'm going to be committed and I'm going to stand fast upon his word no matter what, no matter what. The, the reason we have, we put so much on the inside of us so that there is overflow yes. is because we're supposed to be overflowing yeah. on other people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that that we we continue to to build up, build mm -hmm. up because we give out, we give out, and we and and we continue the word of God because we're supposed to be giving out. We mm -hmm. could spend our whole lives just being discipled and to be able to do that. Just to be able to give out love to other people. Mm -hmm. I wrote I wrote in the notes, um, you know, years ago there was a a singer-songwriter in the early the early days of uh, Christian gospel or Christian <laughs> music. His name was Rich Mullins, and he happened to go to school around the same area of Kansas where I was from, and I really enjoyed his music. And um, he made this statement before he he's passed away for years, but he said that he was convinced that he when he stands before the Lord Jesus, and he was convinced that this was the first question that Jesus was going to ask us when we stand before him, was, did you learn to love? Mm -hmm. Did you learn so to love? Wow. And I believe what, what you're saying is that this is what this kingdom is. It's a, it's a divine revolution of, yes, we're up in the culture's face and we're saying you're wrong because we're actually bringing in the love of God and saying, yes, guess what? We do have the answer for this. It's God. It's his love. And it will transform you. We can talk about all the other things of, the word of God and all, and all the community and all these things. But ultimately, 
it's the love of God that has changed us yeah. and that we can spend the rest of our lives <laughs> learning how to take that love to right. other people. And, you know, the, the one thing that I, that I have found out in my own life uh, of walking with the Lord for right at 50 years now, and that is that the more I'm in fellowship with Jesus, the quicker the word will come out of mm-hmm. me, the, the quicker that I will pray about something. Uh, and the less fellowship mm-hmm. that I am in with Jesus, I will be so scared Worried. to speak the word, mm-hmm. anxiety, mm-hmm. fear, and and then I'm I also come to a place if 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 I'm not in fellowship with Jesus, I really don't pray. I mm-hmm. want somebody else to pray for me. Yeah. That's what I'm because yeah. I'm not in fellowship. Yeah. When you're in fellowship with love. Yeah. That is unconditional. Right. Oh my gracious! Out of my mouth, because Jesus, you know, he said, he said, don't say four months and then the harvest. Yeah. You know, he told the disciples, lift yeah. up your eyes. Yeah. And of course, why did he tell them to lift up their eyes? Yeah. They were so consumed on social media. <laughs> they they were they were checking their Instagram. They're checking their Facebook. See how many lights they have. And Jesus said, lift up your eyes. Come on, get up. Hey, and 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 we can be so involved with social media. All the time, so concerned true. about what people are yeah. saying or liking or yeah. all of this, we forget that there's people around us yeah. that, and they can be on social media. There's nothing wrong with social media. They're on social media. They're hurting. Yeah. Yeah. They're hurting. I, 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 prime example. Not long ago, there was people that were on social media, and I happened to look at it on Facebook uh, as I was, I was going down. I was looking at some things. And these people were just bombarding one another. I mean, coming at one another. I simply said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into this. I'm not going to jump in to argue. I jumped in and posted a scripture. That's all I did. I didn't put my opinion. I just posted a scripture. All of a sudden, right down below, people that were up here then started saying, I just got convicted. <laughs> <laughs> I just got convicted. I just got convicted. You know, and then you saw less and less people. Why? Because I all I did was put what God says. Yeah. What does the word say? Yeah. I didn't have to get in an argument with him. It was and then the Holy Spirit did what he does. Yeah. You know, in that. And I, I think that that's that's so important. But everything we said, the community. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. You cannot live by yourself. You were never yeah. created. Even God said it's not good for man to be alone. Thank yeah. God for that revelation. God, yeah. thank you, Father, for that revelation. <laughs> uh, thank you for my wife. Uh, so, so, so it, it says that God that man shall not be. Uh, uh, he man. Sh- it's not good for man to be alone. It, it's not only husband and wife. Right. It is relationship with one another. We need one another. You that are viewing us are valuable to the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. You may not understand it right now. You may not see it. But I'm praying that God will give you a revelation. What the devil has tried to keep you isolated and keep you Mm -hmm. apart and make you think that you're not valuable uh, to the kingdom of God, that is all a lie. And your Amen. past does not define you. Yeah. Praise God. You get the revelation of who you are now. Get into the word of God. It will change your image. It will change the way you think. And the reason it will change uh, the way you think is because when the devil starts putting th- thoughts that are contrary to God's word, 
uh, in your mind or bring up your past, you will say, it is written, it is written. I am forgiven. I am cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. I have been saved. Thank God for His mercy and His grace. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you won't sit there and allow Him to beat you up, make you feel like that you're a nothing. And that's, that's where you've got to be. That's what we're committed our lives for. That's the reason Pastor David, Pastor Tasha, they're committed in putting together our discipleship classes, our school of ministry, so that you will grow not only in the Word, but in relationship with one another. And as we begin to do that, I know when people come into this church, and they see that we are a multiracial church because we pray, God, give us a church that looks like heaven. And, and he did. He started from the very beginning. He gave us a church that looks like heaven. And what people come in and see is all the races uh, together. I don't have to have a reconciliation conference. We've been doing this for 29 years. Praise <laughs> God. It's working. It's yeah. there because it's Jesus. Mm -hmm. And because we're radical for Jesus. We're mm -hmm. radical disciples. And we love one another because the Bible tells us to love one another. The only love, the only true love that is lasting forever and, and, and undergirds you and, and takes you to places that, that you can't even believe you can go in achievements and compliments is the love of God. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says when you're born again, the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. It is poured in just like, a, a, like Niagara Falls. It is absolutely amazing. And so, and, and then the Holy Spirit manifests that love to you. But listen, you go out and try to become like the culture, and you depart from your faith because you don't want you want everybody to like you. Everybody's not going to like you. I got that's a great revelation right there. Everybody's not going <laughs> to like you, but I will tell you this: God loves you. Amen. He loves you, and He likes you. And Jesus said to his disciples, "You're going to leave me alone, but I'm not alone." Because my heavenly Father is with me. And that's the revelation that you get. But here we are, relationship with one another, praise God. And you know what? Let me just say this to you. I see color because God sees color. Love always sees color because God is the one who created us with color. He's the one that gave us the... He's the one that created the different races. And we are to embrace the way He created us. We're not to despise it. You know, we are to embrace it and realize that God created us to be equal with one another. That is the love of God. That is the unity of God. It is, it, it is diversity. We have diversity in unity. We don't have unity for the sake of diversity. Unity has already been established by the Holy Spirit. Listen, I want to just say this to you. All of us, whether you're watching us uh, live streaming or you're coming to the church, Let's stay in relationship with one another. Let's walk in love. Don't get caught up in the hatred uh, of the, uh, and the violence and the craziness of this culture and society. Pastor David said this. He said, Jesus knew what was coming. Guess what? In, Mark, in Matthew, the 24th chapter, and Luke 21, Jesus told us what was coming. He told us what, what, what we're seeing today. The Apostle Paul told us what was coming. But if we stay unified and stay in love with one another, even though we have differences, we stay in love with one another, guess what? devil cannot defeat us in any way, shape, or form. Let me just say this. If you have never received Jesus as the Lord of your life, that is the greatest transformation 
in your life. You, without Jesus, the devil's going to run your life. He's going, to, he, he's going to move in your life. He's going to continue to operate in your life. The spirit of disobedience who operates in those that are, are not believers. God sent Jesus Christ so that you could be a believer. So that you would believe. You would be the son and daughter of the living God. That's what he sent Jesus here for. for to get you back in relationship with God. Because we lost that through sin. That's what's missing in your life. You say, Pastor, how do I do that? If you've known the Lord, you need to repent of your sins. Father, I repent of all my sins in the name of Jesus. And get back into fellowship with God. Get back into fellowship with believers. Get into a good local church. If you've never received Jesus as the Lord of your life, so your sins can be forgiven and you can come into the family of God, you simply do this. You simply say, Father, just repeat this after me. Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. Today, I repent of all my sins and I confess Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life. My friend, if you prayed that with me, then guess what? Just like me, almost 50 years ago, I got saved just like that. And I have I've never been the same, but I'm still growing, still learning in relationship with people. It's the love of God that's the dominating factor in my life life and it will be in yours. But let me just say this. Here's your next step. You just don't get saved and then, okay, what's next? Your next step is to get into a good local church. And if it's live streaming, uh, praise God. Let us be your church until you find a church, a local church. But if you can't find one, let us, you can be a part of our body. You're a part of the family of God, but you can be part of our local body right here. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And by the way, uh, our discipleship classes are getting ready to come up. Uh, there's going to be information on our website and on our social media. Uh, you're going to see more and more information about that. Uh, so I want you to get ready to gear, gear up uh, to receive and to take discipleship classes where it's right here on campus. Uh, many will come on campus or right there uh, in your own home on, on live streaming. So either way, and we'll have more information uh, for you that as we get uh, closer to that uh, to that start date also. And I just want to say thank all of you for continuing to give, to bless this ministry so that we can continue to get the Word of God out. Listen, we are committed to disciple you. We are committed to see you grow in the things of God. And that's what we've been talking about so vitally important so you can be a radical uh, disciples. So there's information right there on the screen on how you can give. Don't forget, Monday through Thursday, praise God, is our good morning CL from 9 to 10 Eastern Standard, Standard Time. And also Sunday morning right now at 10. But praise God, we're growing again. And so we'll probably be going back to two services before long. <laughs> but for right now, it's 10 a.m., Eastern Standard Time, Sunday morning. You don't want to miss it. Again, get discipled, get the notes. It's going to be incredible. We love you very much. Thank you, Pastor David, Pastor Tasha, uh, for a great time. And I'm looking forward uh, to seeing more of our CL Talks on Wednesday nights. Hey, tell your friends and hit the share button, okay? God bless you. We love you. Have a great week.